Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. Boy, have we missed you guys over here on the iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. feed, wherever it is that you're listening. We've taken most of our podcasts with Byron and I during the course of the NFL season over to the pro podcast library at rosterwatch.com where we continue to crank out exclusive content over there for our pro members. If you're interested in a pro membership at rosterwatch.com, sign up is quick and easy and that's the best way to get access to all of our pro podcasts. But it is now the off season again. This is the time to start dominating the streets out here in the NFL draft world and, and, and dominating the best ball streets and kind of getting ready for all this stuff. Also postseason DFS. Your boys are back here with some exciting new things coming up here on the podcast feed uh, for Apple Podcasts, etc. So if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, go give us a good rating and a review. You will not have to listen to the Trash Man's shitty podcasts uh, any longer because we're back. Byron, how does it feel? It feels good. Actually, a couple of topics that bleed right into this podcast from yesterday's Waiver Wire podcast. Uh, you know, the first is like, uh, talking about the travails of the off season at roster watch where we develop fantasy football intelligence really, you know, 12 months uh, a year for our community of roster watch nation. And, you know, uh, kind of talking about how intuitively you would start to think that this is when we get a breather right now, as soon as this fantasy season wraps up in a couple of weeks. And it's just ironic because it honestly turns into the biggest hair on fire, most intense, busiest <laughs> time of year. Cause it's like I said, I mean, this is all about developing of fantasy football intelligence. And that's when we're hard at work and it always begins and ends, you know, with the rookies, we saw it all come home to you know, roost on the waiver wire cheat sheet yesterday with all these rookies at the top from Ian Thomas to the Dante Pettis to the, you know, the Josh Allen's the, the list kind of go uh, on and on there. Hell the Justin Jackson's, you know, all, all these players, right. Um, so Jalen Samuels, the Jalen Samuels, come on, you forgot to exactly, go. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so it kind of, everything kind of comes full circle, but, but, you know, the hard work really just begins and that break doesn't come for us until after May 1st, when the NFL draft expires. And it's a short break there because it's dynasty tools at that point, And then rookie mini camps. And of course we start gearing up for all the end season or the pre, you know, the, the uh, draft tools, et cetera, mid summer. So, you know, I just like to mention the community that if you're enjoying the success you've had this season, if you enjoy the coverage, uh, if you want us to continue developing uh, th this type of quality of intelligence year round, I mean, this really is the most intense time of year that requires the most work. And it's kind of when all the lights are off and nobody's paying attention. We just ask that you guys, as many of you guys can continue to support us throughout the uh, off season as possible. Uh, but trust me, we're still very, very hard at work. Uh, we really don't take any time off on, uh, here. And it, it's a year-round proposition, the NFL these days, and developing this fantasy football uh, intelligence, as is the calendar at rosterwatch.com. And then, you know, the other uh, item from yesterday's podcast, as I told the tale of the dying salmon yesterday and <laughs> swimming upstream to lay his final eggs and becoming lifeless at the end and just going home out of sheer will and determination. And it's a, it's an allegory for the attrition of the fantasy football season. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the news and notes coming in today and, you know, the wheels came off this season. The, the, the flesh began to rot off this season a week or two early folks. And, you know, the wheels are really starting to come off. I'm seeing it 
uh, continue today as more news and notes are you know rolling in. Elijah McGuire, who was at the top of the heap just yesterday, you know, Crowell still not practicing. Elijah McGuire all of a sudden uh, DNP yesterday and then limited today, obviously trending in the right direction. Trenton Cannon now limited in practice. Who's uh, even, but I don't even know who's behind Trenton Cannon. I was thinking maybe we can fire up Trenton Cannon. Like, let me pull up the Jets. Let me just pull up the Jets depth chart real quick. And I mean, golly, just those guys are, but those guys are completely busted up right now. Let's see who is just their practice squad guy. Um, they don't even have, they would have to pull somebody off the practice squad. Those are the only three run, active running backs who, that they have. So I'd, I'd, I'd have to pull up their practice squad roster. Um, definitely interesting. I mean, they're, they're playing Houston, though. That's a, as six-point underdogs in a game with only a 41-and-a-half over-under, and that's the third-worst matchup of the week for opposing runners per the matchup tool. So it's not like it's going to be a, you know, it's, it doesn't look like whoever's going to be stepping in is going to be stepping into an absolute bonanza versus that front seven of the, of, of the Houston Texans, even though they are at home. Uh Wheels are off a little bit in Arizona. David Johnson. The wheels are all the way off in Arizona. They, how do they just get worse and worse? They, were, they, they, they got the dead cat bounce from Byron Leftwich, but that, that's really what it was. It was a dead-ass cat bounce. By the way, <clears throat> yeah. have, have, you, have you heard that, that, that saying? I said it to Trash Man in, on, on the serious show, and he said he had, he had no idea what that was, and he'd never well, heard I, it. I feel like I've heard it, but I was really just pondering it as you were speaking it. I mean, I, I just imagine maybe like, what is that? A cat just hitting, kind of hitting the cement and getting that one bounce off of it kind of lifelessly. I think that that's kind of the way it meant to, it, that's the way it's, yeah, I think that that was the etymology of the saying. It's kind of like a dead, like thud, like dead in the sound, maybe too. Well, it's I'm just not, like you get, it's just like you're dead, you get one bounce. you're dead, you know, you're dead, but you bounce up once and maybe thinks, maybe, you know, lead some observers to believe that there's some life left in you, but all, but all it is, is just a result of the impact. Um, I'm quite sure the trash man was probably wondering, thinking it was strange just because cats tend to land on their feet. I'm sure it's <laughs> some kind of idea he had running through his disgusting mind so david johnson a dnp on wednesday and that's actually a matchup at atlanta which has been an awesome pretty awesome matchup on the season am i correct about that isn't it arizona at atlanta yeah there's oh, a lot yeah. of people firing up falcons defense off the uh waiver wire steve wilkes says johnson is still expected to play uh, this this week but i mean we've seen the chase Edmonds swindle in, uh, and if, and if look dude and it's even tj logan if you're in a league where you are screwed like I am and you're waiting to hear word about Spencer Ware because Kareem Hunt has swindled you and you're not sure whether you want to put this put in Spencer Ware anyway, even if you and you know Spencer Ware just got downgraded to doubtful actually. So so he's out. And now I'm just having to you know ponder you know in my flex whether I put in a wide receiver or what I do or you know, it, I guess Matt Breed is coming back, so now Jeff Wilson's off the table. We're still waiting to hear about Justin Jackson, whether or not he's going to open up because we have Melvin Gordon back in practice. If if you're in a spot like that where you're where you're kind of looking between these guys in your season long leagues, I would pick up Chase Edmonds on the off chance that you know we get later in the week, we get to Friday, and if David Johnson's still a DMP at that point in time. You know, he's, he's going to get moved in, into the doubtful category. And Chase Edmonds has been good just on limited snaps. Can, can you imagine how he would look with a full complement of snaps against a team like that? that just fall? Even if, even if Leftwich doesn't want to throw to the, to the running back in this spot, which he'd be, he'd be crazy not to, the defense is going to dictate that that's what has to happen. 
89% snap count for David Johnson last week, 23 touches, 10 targets, but a measly and ineffective 61 yards. Boy, I'll tell you, I mean, it's almost absurd and, and, and just asinine. Just how much, you know, these teams that have just been so awesome on the season are rolling into the semifinals with rosters. They don't even recognize like little dead, dead fish in there. You know, they've grown beaks all the way, literally a week or two they're early. Ready, they're, just, they're, they're just ready to just flop. The, these salmon are ready to just flop out onto the, onto the side of the stream and just, and just let that brown bear just come and devour it. Turn into fertilizer for the green grass of the banks of the, of the, Alaskan, uh, the Alaskan rivers. Those coastal brown bears are no joke, man. Uh, so, uh, looks like nasty tasting, nasty tasting ones. You know, if you listen to Steve Ranella's meat eater podcast, he says, if you get one of those, that's like been up there, like, um, been up there kind of, you know, getting after the salmon run and one that kind of lived its whole life like that. If you get one of those bears and, and you, and you smoke it because, you know, with, with, with bear, you have to, you have to cook that bear all the way down, right? Like you can't leave it a, 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 even the slightest bit rare because they're just full of trichinosis and to, to make sure all that stuff's dead, you got to cook it all the way down. Right. And so you, like you, like you got to smoke the bear or like, um, put it in a crock pot or something like that. He says anything that you do with one of those bears, like any cut of the meat that you smoke or put in a crock pot or slow smoke it, since it's in there for so long, it like you won't ever get the smell of fucking salmon out of that smoker or out of that crock pot, even though it's a bear. You want to get one of these one of these blueberry grizzlies or one of these blueberry black bears that just eat a bunch of berries because he says that those are you know so much better. Not not that I've ever gone 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 after a a, a bear. I think. It, well, he love he he loves he thinks. He thinks black bear is really high quality meat, which is interesting because that's kind of a, a polarizing topic. I've heard plenty of people say they don't really like to eat uh, uh, black bear, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it looks like David Johnson. A little aside, that looks like David Johnson will likely play this uh, this weekend. Odell Beckham limited in Wednesday's practice with uh, with a quadricep as well. Uh, Shermer said that Beckham was not going to participate, but it looks like Beckham kind of uh, unilaterally decided to t- partake in some uh, drills this week. I mean, as, as a Beckham owner, I was honestly worried last week that he might just be done for the season. It looks like he's uh, trending towards uh, playing. A, a guy who's not going to play is Austin Eckler. It looks like Melvin Gordon is going to be a game-time decision. Uh for the Chargers for the big Thursday night matchup. Boy, that one's for a lot of marbles. I can't wait to watch it. And the on the other side, Alex mentioned it, Spencer Ware, all of a sudden doubtful. And, you know, we've had some questions on the side about, I mean, I don't, you have Tyree kill. I mean, I told him you absolutely, no matter what, have to play him. If, 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 you know, if he plays and if you've got him, but a couple of users worried about Tyree kill on a short week, looking a little gimpy, uh, against maybe the secondary of those chargers and you know and 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 granted this is teams that have other really good options like adam Thielen and juju and things of that nature well and, and but, but we'll just tell you here our, our good, uh, good 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 friend of the radio show i guess of the site and the podcast dr david chow who's who's been on with us a number of times before and just byron can you believe how famous dr david chow is is getting he was saying that they just that they he's just got something people really want, right? Yeah, he's no, no. Coach. I mean, we always knew it, so, but he's yeah. always just been so good. But um, he's it, so he's very gracious, you know. They're doing a feature on him for the for the for the damn New York Times. 
Like he had a photo, like he had a photographer at his at his house from the from the New York Times this this last weekend, just there, like watching what he did, watching these games and tweeting about these injuries. It's 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 crazy. But well, it's hard Dar- to believe other more people haven't really you know done that. Well, like there he- there are only thirty two of him in the world at at, at 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 any given time. Not not everybody's been a lead physician for an NFL football team. But over the years, there's been plenty of them at this point. There's right? been plenty, but the the fact is, you know what I what I've learned is that. The, the, during the time that he was with the Chargers, he was he he was the youngest ever. So basically, I think by the time he got done with it and he settled down and he had kids, now he just runs his private practice. He's not associated with the team anymore because he's still down in San Diego. Like he's still young enough to be able to you know parlay it into something like a media sort of deal. I just think these other guys, once they're kind of done doing the team doctor stuff, that's generally what guys do whenever they're at the kind of the end of their practices. They're sort of winding it down. They're not really. You know, because these teams don't pay him much of uh, much of a salary, right? They, I mean, it's supposed to help your branding. It's supposed to say like, oh, he's the team doctor for the Jaguars. Come see him if you need the, you know. But a lot of guys who are just young and trying to grow their practices and stuff don't necessarily, you know, have the time to be doing all this stuff. So I think it's the fact that whenever he 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 got out, you know, he got out at a point in time where he is still young enough to know is like, well, yeah, now I can do this for serious. So I can start a podcast or start a website and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, didn't I'm, he have some interesting involvement with the junior sales? There was, he had, there's some interesting backstory. I forgot what that was, but he always talks about Dave Chow at junior sale well, and yeah. a little bit of maybe potential. I don't want to say scandal, I think, but he got caught up in, he, Dr. Chow got caught up in a little something. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. No, I'm not, nothing necessarily negative. It's just yeah, there, there was a, there was a little something there. I'm, I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Regardless, the reason we're talking about Dr. David Chow is he said that Tyree Kill's injury, his exact injury, he's, he said that fans are going to worry because the, the, the mechanism of, of the part of the foot where it's just close, it's back by the heel. I forgot clearly. I don't re- remember exactly what he called it, but it was something kind of back by the heel. And he says it's something. And you notice whenever he was on the field and running, he looked like he was running full speed. But when he was walking back towards the sidelines and walking around on the sidelines, that's when you could really notice a limp. And he said that's because the the mechanism and the part of the foot that he believes, uh, based on the video. Um, that was uh, most, most affected by the injury uh, was, was back there, and it's not anything that affects your running. He says, it, it, but certainly when you're walking, when you're at a standstill, or also if you're trying to, you know, trying to change direct direction quickly, it can definitely hinder those movements. And he said, but he said as far as just going deep for the nine routes, as far as stretching the defense, he's not going to have anything hindering him as far as what he could tell from, from video and from, the, from his um, gait that he was able to observe sort of during the game following the injury. Uh, he said that, you know, actual straight line speed isn't anything to be uh, really considered or, or worried with here. So we don't need to worry about him being able to stretch the field and get deep on these deep bombs. But, you know, could that lead to him being used as more of a decoy maybe and just really just running nine routes, stretching the field, opening things up underneath for, for Kelsey, or whether, you know, whether they're going to bomb it to him. I don't know exactly how it's going to work out. But uh, the good news is, is we probably shouldn't be too worried about his ability to go out there and, 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 and run and get up to speed because Dr. David Chow says that's not going to be affected. Let's see something right here. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, um, he's just simply done. He's, he's, he has he's sustained the unsustainable this year. I mean, finishing is the... Let's see, right now I'm looking at the week 15 ranking sheet I just shared with you. Tyreek Hill, 
21.4 points in PPR a game on the season on 8.77 targets, way less targets than, well, really Michael Thomas is, is the other guy in that area, but quite a few less targets than everybody else in that range. Good for number three PPR wide receiver on the season. I mean, he's within a hair of being the top guy uh, on the season in PPR. And then I think in standard Tyreek Hill is the number one fantasy wide receiver on the season. So like the bottom line is, I mean, you're, you're going to roll uh, Tyreek Hill out uh, this week. And then hey, Alex, I was just thinking too, man, does this, does this uh, late breaking news that I'm, that I'm seeing here, maybe it's not breaking news, but I'm just becoming familiar with it. Does it look like you're, uh, you're going to be getting a, free hall pass to las vegas in the spring of 2020 man i sure man i sure sure hope so dude that's uh it's definitely definitely hey man uh it's big 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 news that we're gonna get the 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 nfl draft in las vegas in the year 2020 i can't imagine a better place to have it man and yeah well i mean I, i i get hall passes to the draft anyway because we cover them for serious yeah, nope. but that's a hall pass to Las Vegas. That's a different kind of hall pass. I guess. It's one, right. it's, yeah, it, it'll be a great one. Big, big news. Speaking of more big, big news, it looks like Matt Breda has returned from the dead and is practicing. He's practicing today in a limited session, so we'll have to obviously monitor that. I think hopefully you guys got the full blossom out of Jeff Wilson last week. Uh, you know, we always knew this was a possibility if, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how this trends, but boy, given Matt Breda's history, you sure would expect if he's practicing on a Wednesday, he's going to be playing on a Sunday. Take uh, your Jeff Wilson, take your Jeff Wilson stocks and just throw them right out the window. Cause that guy just, he got the volume. He's just no good. He looks, you know, he's a lot of the same as a lot of these other players, like they can look good in little spurts, right? I mean, in little spurts, he's like, a, like Shanahan said, kind of a decent zone runner. He gets, he's got a little juice. He runs hard, but man, those guys that you put a couple of hits on them, they start, they, what's he taking 40 touches in the last two games. And that thing starts to, to peter out. That's the real difference, right? These, all these guys have been good running backs and athletes somewhere along the line. It's just the sick ones, the sick ones like Zeke Elliott who do it every single week. He's a DNP uh, today, it sounds like it's probably maintenance. They're designating it as a shoulder. He should be good against he's, the Colts. He's getting ready to go ham against the Colts, well, man. The, Col- the, 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 the Colts, the, the way that you beat these guys is with running backs through the passing game and tight ends. I think everybody's going to be on Amari after last week because you think that the Colts' defense is shitty. But they actually, I mean, as far as the percentage of, um, I forgot, was it J.J. Zacharyson or somebody on Twitter talking about it? I, I'd have to go back and look, but it's the, I think it was J.J., the, the percentage of overall uh, uh, receptions uh, on the team by opposing wide receivers is one of the worst for the for the Colts. So I think this, I think we're going to see a lot of Zeke in the passing game in this one, and then we just need to figure out who the hell the tight end is going to be because she, you know, not that we would play uh, that guy anyway. But. I was going to say, I mean, that without having the matchup tool open right in front of me right now, I mean, the, the Colts have been like a sneaky, a sneaky kind of tougher. I think everybody thinks they're playing the Colts and it's just like they have in their mind that's some great matchup for fantasy that's dude it's the number the matchup tool has it as the the seventh worst matchup of the week for opposing wide receivers isn't that yes. crazy it's in yeah, the top 10 for tight ends who is that is that Malik Hooker I mean they've just made some Chris Ballard's improved that roster man I mean that's just it 
Is, is, is that Malik Hooker back there playing some ball these days? I guess that's I mean, part of the equation. Yeah, well, I, think. I mean, but he's a he's a um, he's a safety. But yeah, I mean, it's just they got they have they they had some players who at the very beginning, if you just looked at the PFF grades and the grades from uh, Sports Info Solutions and Player Profiler, like it wasn't like the corners that they had were people were were players that came in with with much you know much re- real esteem, but you know. I guess they've they've probably gotten better, and they've also gotten health, healthier. There were there, there was a point in time where they're not still running out like Pierre Desir and stuff, are they? No, it's like. But see, these guys like Kenny Moore and Nate Harrison and stuff like that, they're not exactly like those guys coming in. They weren't necessarily exactly good. So I don't I don't really know why they've been tough on opposing wide receivers. I, you know, the matchup tool spits out what it spits out, and you know. It's it's time tested and proven, and I mean it, it. It makes sense. It's pulling a lot of that same data that JJ or whoever it was talking about that was was probably um, probably reporting there. But yeah, so Zeke, I definitely love him this week, and God, just the volume that he's getting lately. He's ba- dude. He's basically getting, you know, if if you he's look number at one a- in rushing yards per game on the season. I mean, honestly, the story of Zeke's season has I mean has been just that he didn't get in the end zone for the first, you know, he was Todd Gurley was scoring four times more touchdowns than Zeke Elliott for the majority of the fantasy season. We knew that that thing was going to have some, you know, positive regression there. And Zeke Elliott just, I mean, dude, he's just too sick, man. Before, he's too sick. Before we get on to the, uh, to the breakdown of these listener league teams and to kind of making our picks for that. What, like, do you, I just want to check with you about where you are on the Amari Cooper trade at this point in time. At this point, the first round pick, I mean, can we say, I mean, is it too early to say it was worth it? I think it's still too early to say it was, you know, worth it because we've only had the two huge games out of Amari. But boy, from what he's just done from Zeke, he's opened that thing up. He's opened it up with Michael Gallup a little bit to where he's becoming more effective. You know, Michael Gallup was never going to walk in. To, you know, walk into that stadium and be the automatic number one wide receiver. We could have told you that from the senior bowl, but it, it seems like he's sort of helped in that area, but just really helped with getting Zeke going that whole Dak, getting that whole offense going. How much does, how much does a few wins this year? Like how much is that worth as far as a draft pick? You know, it depends on who you are, which lens you're looking through. So, well, I mean, if my you're Jason stand, Garrett, it's worth it because he my, because he saved it. You know, the way that the offense is playing has likely saved him a job and gotten him an extension. Yeah, I mean, my stance is basically the same from when the trade happened. I mean, I always thought that schematically that I I understood the trade. and I thought it made perfect sense for the Cowboys. I, I understood why, why why they did it. Obviously, I mean, Cooper has even outperformed those expectations. My trepidation was always from a roster management and salary salary cap perspective just you know the the you know and and the draft perspective the first round pick the money you're going to have to pay this guy they've got so many other guys on deck that are very important you got to pay Dak you got to pay Zeke like there's some really oh, there's dude, some awesome young Marcus players on Lawrence defense he's yeah. probably the best I mean like could be the best player on the team I mean I'm not I'm not sure I don't think Byron Jones Byron is Jones really, is really good yeah, yeah good. So, Van, I mean, Van Der Esch looks like he's going to be really good yeah so you know that's where my hesitation is you know pretty much always been but yeah you saw me tweet it the other day I mean Amari Cooper has has flat out been worth net, worth net at least a couple of wins. What, what will be worth it? I mean, to me, I think you got to, it's, you're going to have, it's, it's got to be a Super Bowl, really a Super Bowl or a deep, deep, like NFC championship. It's got to be something like that 
I mean, ultimately, it's going to have to be a Super Bowl to make it worthwhile because he's going to Cooper sends a shockwave through your roster and your salary cap over the next couple of years. And it, I mean, it's going to force tough decisions and, and, and have a lot of effects on that team. And so, I mean, look right now, like if you're myopic and if you're Garrett and whatever, like getting the wins and playing better, it seems like it's worth it. If you're a Cowboys fan, it even seems like it was worth it. But if in two or three years from now, like you got to the playoffs once or twice, but never really came home with any fucking hardware. And all of a sudden, like you don't have a first round pick in the draft. And now you're either without Mari Amari Cooper and you're without your first round draft pick, or you've paid a boatload of money to an Amari Cooper who's still, you know, who probably gets overpaid and, and then, and then you're compromised somewhere else on this team. Uh, important. So, you know, I, I think there's the jury is still, you know, far out, but it depends on how you're looking at it. Um, Certainly yeah, great, just, great move for the Cowboys schematically from a football perspective. And it's, it's working out better than, than they could have hoped. That's for sure. I mean, it, it looks like Alabama, Amari Cooper out there. Right? Just, I mean, yeah, he still drops some football. I, mean, I guess. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him really drop many footballs. Since Alabama guys. These Alabama guys, well, he's just not an explosive catcher of the football. He's an explosive route runner, an explosive separator, pretty explosive with the ball in his hands. He's not an explosive catcher of the football. Like, that would be the primary difference between somebody like him and an Odell Beckham. Um, you know, the interesting thing, though, is, I mean, I've monitored. Hold on, but what do you mean about that? Well, I mean, what is an explosive catcher of the football? What does that mean? I mean, Amari Cooper doesn't have, he doesn't attack the football. He didn't have the same kind of consistently have the same kind of catch radius. His hands aren't, he doesn't have, you know, I, I know hand, what you mean about how he's more about, about how he's a lot more smooth than he is like an aggressive playmaker, like a Deandre Hopkins or a, yeah, he's not, Beckham, those, right. those guys are, are aggressive, right. All right. Explosive I attackers, you know, they're explosive catchers of the football really. Right. I'll tell you what, the other thing, like kind of, going back in my years of monitoring these Oakland Raiders and all their drafts and stuff, there's been a long, I mean, I think about these kids and maybe it's just the bad ones sticking out in my mind, but these kids from the sec, especially, you know, a lot of them, their dream was just to play at Bama or LSU or whatever, man, those kids end up in Oakland. And that is like a foreign, even though <laughs> it's Oakland, like a downgrade, right? Even though Oakland, like there's some cultural, you know, similarities there in some ways, it's just like, it's, it's like being on another planet. It's so far from them from where they've grown up. And I've, it seems like a lot of kids from the sec, the big, bigger time guys have kind of floundered out there. You know, a lot of players have floundered with the Raiders, but have floundered out there kind of in Oakland and on that West coast. And they find their way. Think about a Rolando McLean. He found his way back to Dallas and like, he played pretty well there. I just think being a cowboy is much more and being in Texas is just, it's just a much better fit. Just, you know, with a lot of those guys, it's a strange, it's a strange thing to talk about, but you know, I always forget these guys aren't just highly paid robots that just perform based on athleticism and what they're paid. At the end of the day, they're still like humans that act like humans and are affected by, you know, circumstances like humans. So it's just like, I think we're seeing a difference here, man, just Amari Cooper in a, in a more comfortable place. Yeah. I just, but yeah, I mean, I stand by the fact that he's been bad. You know, he was, he was bad in Oakland for, t- for two years outside of one game on, I believe, a Thursday night versus Kansas City. That's the one game that I remember. I was like, wow, where'd that outburst come from? He was, well, he he's was, a, he was bad, just I mean, bad. He's, he's, exactly. That's what I told Eddie on Twitter the other day. I, he, is that he said, I thought you said he was bad. And I said, well, he was bad in Oakland. 
bad on the Raiders. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, what, I mean, what else are we supposed to say? The guy was bad. He's, he's like, going to you know, try to get paid like a DeAndre Hopkins or one of these guys, and he's still not in that class, right? And he's, he is one of the best route runners, most explosive separators in the league. I mean, I know you think he's – he has been so inconsistent. It's mostly perform, good performances have been against bad. below rich corners. Yeah. But I, I will say, I mean, Amari Cooper, I don't think he has the dog – the problem is he doesn't have the dog against those real tough uh, corners, but he is one of the best separators in the league. I think he can, you know, and just in a vacuum, he can run routes on anybody, no matter how good they are. We'll see. I think that the jury is still out on that one. Uh, I guess, I guess let's get into the next segment here. The, t- the last segment of the show where we're going to talk about the listener leagues, uh, the maniacal members of the banana hammock boys wanted us to, preview their semifinal matchups uh, we have the, the two listener leagues the banana hammock boys and the cockamamie business league i believe for both of these leagues they have the same prize right they're kind of roster watch experience is that just the banana hammock boys or is that both of them i think it's both yeah, of them i'm not entirely i all i know is that we're gonna cook up a really nice prize for the champions of you know, the champion of whoever wins these leagues. No, no, for the banana hammock boys, it's a very specific one that I got on their Skype and told them it's, um, during, during their draft, they get, and we're going to have to do it for, for both. They get to come meet up with us on the road somewhere and get to like, come and hang out with us at like the combine or the senior bowl or sometime, I guess on the training camp tour or something like that. And then go out to, and we, and we pay for the dinner and everything we don't pay for hotel room they can't stay they can't stay with us they can't they can't pull a trash man and try and sleep over <laughs> but we'll bring him out and we'll take him to a dinner and kind of hang out with him on location at one of our spots during the maniacal travels and travails of the off season here at roster watch and if and if we can the um and your suggestion uh, i can't believe that you don't remember that your suggestion was if they can't Jesus make it Christ, out man, or they no. have uh, if, if they can't make it out or they have, you know, kids or something like that and they can't make it out to come um, come hang with us. Then we're just going to give them a um, like a gift card for the, for them and their wives to go have a nice dinner out like in their own town. <laughs> Pretty sure that's more what I had in mind. But you know what? Either way, I was. Definitely want to cook up something special for these guys. That's that that's that is a maniacal gift package that Alex has put together over there. Um, <laughs> hey man, these are our best the, these I, are I our best listeners, were, man. Like they have their say, own they they have their own leagues, you know. They have like the roster watch stuff all up in their leagues. They listen to all the shows. Like these are our people, man. This is family to us. So I thought uh, we gotta do we something nice. live. I thought you were gonna say we were gonna live consult during their next year's fantasy draft no Frank. no no they're gonna come like they're gonna come into like they're gonna come to like the like the senior bowl and, and like try and sneak into practice and stuff well i mean, can we at least get them to send us like can we skype with them first or can they send us can they send us <laughs> a can photo they send us, can they send us a photo first <laughs> yeah no man i think there's i think we just have to take 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 them as they come man they're cockamamie listeners you can't do your usual thing where you bounce out after 15 minutes then, man. The fantasy football season never comes to an end at Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap, and if you want more of the Roster Watch podcast, you can get it by signing up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. With a pro membership, you get access not only to all of our award-winning and awesome tools that are going to help you win in fantasy football, any kind of fantasy football that you play, but also to the Roster Watch pro library of podcasts, where during the off 
offseason, we'll be bringing you content for your dynasty leagues, for your MFL 10s, for your best ball leagues from various locations such as the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, the RosterWatch.com Pro Day Tour, the RosterWatch.com Rookie Mini Camp Tour, and of course, the Epic Training Camp Tour. You can't get this information unfiltered, uncensored, and unfettered from anywhere else, but right here at RosterWatch.com. Go to RosterWatch.com right now and get a pro membership. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I support this message. Do you want to go over the... um do you want me to go over the, the Banana Hammock Boys one, and then you can go over the... I haven't prepared nearly as much as you have, but I'm just going to go through and look at this one. It looks like we have... Um, and this one's actually not set up right. Uh, Eagles fan 3535 said that Sully from Houston, who's the one seed in this league, he's 11-2, and two, is going up against Boiled Peanut Twister. Um, Sully from Houston. This looks like this is, is that a Eagles play. fan. Is that Eagles fan? Boiled I, peanut I don't twister? know. I don't know who it is. I think it is, man. Uh, he was really maniacal to get us to kind of talk about it. Sully from Houston, though, definitely looks like the favorite here in this matchup. He's scoring 173 points per week, which is just crazy. They have a super flex in this league: three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, one flex, and one super flex. Holy <laughs> um, shit! And this is weird, man. What Sully from Houston? Sully from Houston does this tilting thing, where he leaves his Byron. Do you ever do this, or, or going up against anybody who, who who does this, who leaves their roster empty? No, but I love it because generally it's what cockamamie. People do, isn't it? It's what people cockamamie. do, what most people do, even if they don't. What so they had to start the guy. They put the guy in with the highest projections and then switch <laughs> it last minute. That's what I do. Just to kind of get bowed up for the week. <laughs> I actually like coming through the back door with Sully, man, and just totally pulling your pants down. Yeah, just all so, at, all like, at once. Pants I'm come off. I'm actually gonna start fucking adopting that. That's <laughs> good. It's good. Well, it just kind of puts me on tilt. I like. I don't know who he's starting. Um, well, but, it'd be like walking into the UFC fight and you have your music come on and it's like it's 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 like some love song. It's tilting. I like, like this sweet love song. Uh, a couple interesting things here going on with Sully. And th- you know what else going on with Sully is interesting I'm going to talk to you about is his choice of defense because he's rostering two defenses right now. And the one he's starting will interest you. But all right, so he has Kirk Cousins at his wide receivers. It looks like it'll be definitely Devontae Adams this week. Now, Devontae Adams, not in a good, that's not a good matchup versus Chicago, but you know Rodgers is going to force him the football. Um, Kenny Galladay at Buffalo, still like, I don't know, Adam Humphreys versus Tennessee. None of these, none of these um, wide receivers, you know, get me going, you know, too hot and heavy here. Um, but, you know, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Stills, Adam Humphreys, and Devontae Adams is really what he has to choose from. The running back's a little bit better. He has Elijah McGuire there in addition to Christian McCaffrey, who he's clearly starting. Marlon Mack, who will get Dallas. But Marlon Mack, what's really happened to him sort of down the stretch here? He also picked up Damian Williams, who it's looking more and more like he could be a pretty good, pretty good play this week. Now with Spencer Ware out, um, you know, that's probably going to be actually his running back too. If James Conner can't make it back, what do we know about Conner at this point? Do you think James Conner makes it back this? We're getting a lot of questions about him on the side. I think he's starting to trend towards being some kind of game time decision this week. He he did. uh, Tomlin said yesterday that he you know he he what 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 the headline is 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 Tomlin left the door open for him to be able to play. I don't know if you know we we can't trust anything that Mike Tomlin ever says because is this a PPR league, Alex? You know it is. Yeah, yeah. Thomas projected at twenty points. So. yeah, so the, you know, so that's Sully's team. Let's see the boiled peanut twister. 
He's got um, his work cut out for him against well, this the is, trash, man, trash man truther this week. Well, no, 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 no. It's, they told me that this, that this is wrong. They manually set their matchups because the one seed gets to choose. The highest seed gets to, how, just gets to choose who they're playing. Yeah, so uh, Sully from Houston chose the pe- boiled peanut twister. They need to change this in their league settings. And he at least has his lineup set. Uh, his two quarterbacks are going to be Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky. Like that. I like both those guys this week. Um, running backs, Mark Ingram at Carolina. Can't say I love that at all. It hasn't been super easy to run on those guys. Sony Michelle at Pittsburgh. Boy, I saw an awesome stat earlier from um, – who was it? What's her name? Anita Kikabala or something? What's her name? Aditi Kikabala. Yeah, Aditi Kikabala from out in Denver. Only one team out of like the last 12 to have to go on the road after a walk-off um, like a walk-off last play of the game touchdown against them. Only so like the what the the Patriots are in right now, the situation that they're in right now. Only one of the last twelve has has gone on to a win on on the road, which I thought was an interesting stat. But um, so Sony Michelle being humans, team. right? Just like yeah. letdowns are real, man. Travis, emotional sport. Travis Kelsey versus the Chargers with no Sammy Watkins and what's looking like a banged up. Uh, a, a possibly banged up Tyreek Hill, you know, and t- it's, it's, it's Tyreek Hill. The, the only one thing that we do know he should be able to do, based on what we talked about, Dr. David Chow saying, is clear things out for more crossing routes and stuff up the seam. So Travis Kelsey, love him. And I don't, th- dude, I don't think that I'm not sure that Boyle. I mean, Boyle Peanut Twister. I think has. I, I think he's got a shot here against Sully. I, I mean, he's how did Boyle Peanut Twister get into this? It's it's six and seven. Well, I think so. Well, this is how, it, which is crazy because this year there was really no middle class. I mean, in most leagues, from what I could tell, it was like a couple of bottom feeders, and then the playoff teams this year were fucking like eight and five, and ten and three, and nine and four. I mean, usually you know seven and six will get you in, or like maybe every once in a while six and seven squeaks in, but. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was on points. I'm, I'm not sure what their setup was here, but I, yeah. Sully from Houston, man, I think he's falling a little, he's starting to succumb to the, to the salmon the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The salmon run. The salmon is starting to die a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We'll he's see gonna, if Sully can pull it together, man. Guess, you know, you gotta, you gotta get yourself together, brother. Like this is a, this is a, this is a big week. We'll be rooting for both of you. I think in that one, I think I'm going to pick the boiled peanut twister to pull the upset. Um, Dude, you gotta love Joe Mixon at Oakland. Like you said, I'm 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 cool with both those quarterbacks. You gotta remember Dante Pettis just had the monster against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. He's just he's a he's a pretty bad matchup for those guys. You brought up Mark Ingram just quickly because I was trying to answer a question on the side earlier. I saw that you hate Aaron Jones this week. Do you do like I'm just worried about Aaron Jones? I mean I, I don't week? know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get like I just now finished the matchup tool. I'm gonna have to get that input into the uh, rankings model and, and, and get my own personal rankings in and just kind of see how things fall. I'm going to kind of see what the model says too. Okay. I don't know. That's a really tough. One I, I, tell them to wait I, I worry. Yeah. I just, I worry about Aaron Jones because I just, I think with the bears pass rush and with how banged up the um, green Bay Packers offensive line is, I just, I mean, we saw last week, Jamal, I think Jamal Williams started that game. Everybody was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is in charge. He's going to save our fantasy teams by making sure Aaron Jones plays. That's just not how it works, you know? Jamal Williams is, is better in pass protection. And so, like, I mean, they're going to they're gonna need help like that. So I just, I, I, I worry that it could be, a, it could continue to be a split as much as, you know, fantasy fans and owners of Aaron Jones 
And just everybody knows that Aaron Jones looks better than Jamal Williams as, as a runner and stuff. But Aaron, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wants to bomb it to, you know, bomb it to Devontae Adams. And he, he wants to, he wants to keep himself clean. So I think that we'll that is what he wants to do. That's his, that's his guy. I'll tell you what, I'm looking at the Julian Edelman, I think is going to eat at Pittsburgh because that's been, they've gotten torn up by the Keenan Allen. Well, I just look down and I like the whole lot of his plays. Like yeah, I, I, I like Boyle peanut 20 team. touches a game. I mean, we'll see how the actual bottom line production is. And then, I mean, Travis Kelsey, just a, I mean, he, that's a, that's a league winner this year, man, Travis Kelsey. So solely from Houston's got his, uh, boy, he hopes he, he sure he, he's got his work coming out for me. Sully's hoping he doesn't end up in the, in the, in a, in a boiled peanut twister this week. Who man. do you pick? I take the peanut twisters. Take the peanut twisters. You got to grab them by the peanuts and you got to twist, man. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, the next one is get, get nuclear. Go, who is the two seed going up against the trash man truther who's the i guess the five seed um the trash man truthers quarterbacks are russell wilson and drew Brees. his wide receivers are michael thomas who's going to be at carolina and juju who's going to be at new england and keenan who's going to be at kc wow i like all i love the sound of that wide receiver in a, in a ppr that's nasty especially his flex is digs he's got four flexes digs david johnson receivers. and Kenyon drake at the two running back positions i mean if, if david johnson's able to go this is as good a spot as you could legitimately hope for for him and i mean Kenyon you saw drake what Seattle running backs did to minnesota this last week that's not that i don't know what the matchup tool says is but you can run on this if your own line is decent, I mean, the Seahawks don't even have it that good of an offensive the line. The matchup tool is going to have it, ha, have it still as being tough, I bet. They, push, they, were, pushing, they were pushing Minnesota around big uh, on, on, what was that, on, on Monday night. So I think there's a chance Drake and Gore are going to be able to. I think this, this could be, 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 so. be a tough game for Frank Gore. And it's the kind of game where they might they they might go more to Drake and just use him as an extension of their run in the passing game. The matchup tool, regardless of that re- most recent performance, the matchup tool still has him as basically like the seventh worst matchup of the week for opposing runners. So, I I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm but not, once you get out of the total danger zone of that, like. Yeah, I mean the. You know what I mean? Well, it's, well, I mean, we, well we definitely know that that this, as far as the distribution of like matchups, easy versus hard, it's definitely at the, just at the tails where you really got to pay attention one verse one through five and like 32 through 20, you know, eight or something like that. Or the ones where this really, really, really need to be, need, need to be paying attention. And I, I think that's honestly what people sort of mean with this whole defenses don't matter stuff. It's like, it really doesn't matter if it's like the, the like the number six or the number 16, it, like that doesn't make as big of a difference as it yeah. does. Just one of these ones is like a top five or a, or I, a bottom I, five. I tend to agree. Um, all right. And then, uh, let's see if I just get back to, I was on the matchup tool. I need to get back to the banana hammock boys. Um, Trash man, Truther versus yeah, look, he, look, he's, 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 he's got Zach Ertz. Who's going to be in the Sunday night game. So a bit of a Sunday night swindle. He'll have the Monday night. He has the awesome Monday night hammer here. The trash man, Truther. He'll be, cause he has Drew Brees and his super flex throwing to Michael Thomas on Monday night. That's a real castle Raider. Of a, um, he's got to feel situation. very good about. Oh, his, I meant to ask team. you about uh, Sully from Houston. He has Chicago and he has Atlanta at yeah, home versus playing Arizona. Chicago, playing Chicago. 
no, just because even I'm against no, Green Bay, no misdirections. I'm not outsmarting myself. We yeah, sat I mean, about this last week for teams like and I got swindled by just doing not that. Doing it, man. Yeah. I'm rolling out my studs and look. I don't care. I mean, how? I mean, I thought we got over the fact that this is this old Green Bay Packers. They're they're totally susceptible, right, to some big plays Absolutely. out there. Get and locked I, up. I think that that was that's at Chicago too, isn't it? Yep, that's yeah, at Chicago. They and dude, they're talking shit. Bears, about are, Bears are six point favorites. Just crazy, man. Dude, I want to see a Bears Cowboys fucking matchup, man. I want to turn the clock back thirty years on this all this offensive output in the NFL. <laughs> well, hey, dude, we're start, it's starting to uh, it's starting to turn to December football, man. You're gonna you're gonna get your wish for some boring ass defensive snoozers soon enough. We, uh, like if you want more games like uh, like that game was on. Uh, on Monday night, I don't know what the hell to tell you, man. No, nobody wants stuff like that. Um, all right, so and then Trash Man Truther is going up against Get Nuclear. Trash Man Truther, I like his team. Get Nuclear. Let's see, Patrick Mahomes at his quarterback, Philip Rivers at the Superflex, and listen to these wideouts. I love, love, love the Rams wideouts this week, Byron. And he has Robert Woods. He has DeAndre Hopkins going up against the the Jets. His only bad matchup he has here is Evans going to Baltimore he has Saquon the goat he's got T.Y. Hilton in this lineup and his flags Jared Cook in, a, in the best matchup of the week versus Cincinnati Tariq Cohen in a pretty good spot versus Green Bay I, I like as good as the trash man truthers team is I think the get nuclear is getting ready to get nuclear on him who does he have on deck if T.Y. Hilton capitulates this week Chris Carson Shit. It is flex. It could be James White. He's got good options. Nevertheless, boy, that's going to be a fucking barn burner between. That's going to be a good nuclear one here and trash man. I pick, I pick get nuclear. Who do you pick? It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, man. He's been the difference this year. So, I mean, let's. I'm, Any guy that stands for the trash man. I can't, I, I can't get on board. If it was an Alex Truther or a Byron Truther or even a robot Truther, I'd be fine with him. Some guy on the site today that keeps calling you Adam, and I just can't understand it. I had to, <laughs> I had to correct him. Jesus yeah, I think Christ. we're, I think we're pretty. I'm like, how do you know my name and Trashman's name, but call Alex Adam? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if, if they're gonna get anybody's name, it probably I assume it would be yours. Anyways, I, I think we're projecting a, a boiled peanut twister. Get nuclear finals in the Banana Hammock Boys League. Is that what we're projecting here, Alex? That's, that's, that's what I think. My apologies to Sully and my apologies to, um, to uh, whoever is running the uh, Trash Man Truther. Um, I know he's called into the show before. So mm-hmm. wish all you guys the best of luck and, you know. Hope whoever ends up winning isn't isn't too isn't too cockamamie when they come to visit us and come hang and party. Speaking of cockamamie, and I think he might be too cockamamie. I think this could be Eagles fan. That's the boiled peanut twister. <laughs> I, lo- I love hey, I love your avatar, boiled peanut twister. Okay, um, and by the way, whoever wins this league, you guys please email our admin rosterwatch at gmail and notify us. How this thing shook out, man. I mean, I'll try to put it on my list. We'll keep an it. eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. We, yeah, yeah, I'll be keeping yeah, an eye on these. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. But you just just in case, you guys, please email us the results, the league winner uh, in each of these. Are we ready to dive into the Cockamamie Business League? Yes. I just emailed you the link in case got you it. want to I got it. I got it. with me. Yep. All right, so this one's been especially fun because it was the 
inaugural fantasy season for, for my actual mom, you guys got roster watch blood in that league this year. And the cockamamie business league was cockamamie as ever a 14 team PPR where the waiver wire was dry as the damn desert. I mean, it was maniacal. No kickers uh, in this league. That's awesome. No kickers it is awesome. And uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, it, my mom dove right into the fire in this league, man. This was a pack of wolves and like a 14 team PPR in this setup with this. This is one of the, an extremely competitive league, an extraordinarily competitive league. I mean, honestly more competitive than, you know, most of my oldest leagues. So, uh, it's, it, it's been a, it's been a, um, certainly a, a very exciting season. So, uh, I just got some notes here. I'm going to run through and then we can maybe give our projections at the end. Um, speaking of Byron's mom, she lost a heartbreaking two point loss to her arch nemesis punch and pie on the Monday night game on the back of a big performance of Chris Carson. Uh, she made the playoffs and boy, it was Dude, she made the playoffs her first year in fantasy. Was, That's all. She needs to be proud of that. Oh, she is. She, she yeah. is, but she's, she's maniacal. It's not easy. I, I told her and it was a two point loss. Chris Carson almost brought her back. It was really Cam Newton and, and the Jaguars and Leonard Fournette who probably and didn't she lose Cooper cup and she's had Leonard Fournette well, she lost Cooper cup, lost Marvin Jones, had Fournette, yeah. had Mixon who was gone for the couple to of make games. It that far, was, wasn't able impressive. to get, wasn't able to get geo. Um, ultimately like Cam Newton kind of, kind of came up a little bit uh, short for this week and it came down to us. You know, we were a week ahead of, I read the trash man's expose this week about, and he, he mentions, Randall Cobb reemerging as the number two for, for, uh, Aaron Rodgers this week. And, you know, we made the, it's a dry waiver wire and flexes are getting thin as the attrition in that season was taken over. And, um, you know, we, we, we made the pickup on Randall Cobb kind of with, you know, with that in mind, you know, I, uh, you know, that that may come to be, but the story of our season will end up being not getting, there's two, the two things we'll remember in the entire season was not getting Randall Cobb in this week after we picked him up into the flex. And the same thing happened over Thanksgiving. We picked up LeGarrette Blunt just, just out, you know, kind of out as circumstantially and didn't play him that week. And that was the week that he had the monster, uh, that Thanksgiving uh, week monster there. I think it was a, a two touchdown, but anyways, yeah. it's been a hilarious, it's been an awesome time for me because uh, just hearing my mom pronounce all the names in this league, and she has no idea what most of them mean. Uh, but it, she <laughs> losing to punch and pie. I don't, I don't know what some of these names losing mean. To, losing to punch and pie was awesome because that's actually the one she loves a lot of the team names. But that's the one that every time she talk about playing punch and pie or what punch and pie's team was up to, she would just die laughing about that name. Uh, and, and I looked it up. I think punch and pie is from South Park. Something oh, okay. About things are good when there's a lot of punch and pie kind of deal like that. Yeah. So anyways, the team names in this league that I'll remember the most, just hearing come off the lips of my mom and in her inaugural season, hearing her talk about the munching on the bunchin <laughs> and that she doesn't know what a Fonza noon is. She, she would always I didn't call it know trash what a, man. I didn't know what a Fonza noon was until this. Did you, did you look it up? I, I did, and I, and I don't even remember off the top of my head what it is, but you guys can go look up what a Fonza Noon is. some kind of greasy, slimy, like, shower fart, I think. Oh, God. And so she has no idea what it is, but it's so funny, but she calls it Trash Man's Fontazoon. 
she, <laughs> loves, she loves talking about friggity frack and God forbid when I had to look up what the Missouri backwash is after she kept talking about how she needed to try to, she needed to, she needed the Missouri backwash to lose and she needed a win down the stretch to try to leapfrog into that second place spot to get the buy. And boy, uh, Missouri backwash is real, real nasty. I don't ever want to hear my mom talk about the Missouri backwash. Oh ever. God, I'm reading what it is. It's just <laughs> so disgusting to hear from your mom talking about the Missouri backwash. I got to, I got to tell you though. She, she, made me too. I got to tell you though, she thinks that uncle Rico's pigskin is the absolute goat of fantasy football because uncle Rico has gone coast to coast in first place the entire season. Uh, huge points output. Uh, and I, I went back to look at Uncle Rico's pigskin, uh, his draft. He's He rode the back this season of Saquon Barkley. How did he end up with Saquon and Kamara? Did somebody trade him? Uh, I'm getting to that. So okay. pigskin's draft, he rode the back of Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Emmanuel Sanders and Robert Woods for the, for the, the meat of the season. That's really, those are the guys that really got him up and, and running. Um, I thought late in the season, right at the trade deadline, he traded Nick Chubb and Tyree kill for Alvin Kamara. And because he had the depth to do it. And I actually, at that point thought that maybe he had slightly weakened team, even though, you know, it's hard to say when you're obtaining Camara and you're stacked no, and you're just yeah. trying to improve your starting lineup. But I, you know, I, I felt he may have even slightly weakened his his team that week. And now, in retrospect, after he lost Emmanuel Sanders to the Achilles, I mean, he's lucky he's got DJ Moore that he can uh, that's been performing. And I think he acquired. It looks like he acquired Odell Beckham somewhere along the line. I haven't gone back uh, to look at that. But overall, I think that trade and the attrition of the season has left him a little weaker in the flex as we. He comes off the bye. Um, he's having to look at a decision between guys like Cameron Bray, Chris Godwin, Damian Williams types. Damian Williams. All Damian sudden, Williams should be in his flex, not Cameron Bray. Yeah. Four leaf clover there in his flex. Yeah. This Uncle week. Rico just continues to just run so pure. That's if shot. he's got if he's got Damian Williams ready to go, because he's got to get him in over Bray. So uh, coincidentally, coincidentally though. The teams that advanced in this league, speaking of all, I was kind of noting this, all the team, all the hilarious team names and the ones that really stuck out the most this season, all the ones that advanced were Punch and Pie, Missouri Backwash, Uncle Rico, Friggity Frack, Trashman's Fonzanoons, and Byron's Mom. That was, that was the, uh, the playoff field. And then the, the, the other one, Munchin' on Bunchin' uh, was lived, I think they were two I think Bunchin was too busy munching in the basement. He ended up in last place uh, this year. He put up a puny little point score like a dead fish this season, even even though he did have uh, the most points scored against them. But uh, munching on Bunchin's season was decided when he drafted Dalvin Cook and Kenyon Drake and Corey Davis and Josh Gordon. Even Julio Jones kind of screwed him with the touchdown uh, drought there. And then uh, our other favorite – our, our, probably our other favorite team name in the league, and it, it was a communist outcome for the communist carrot. 
<laughs> the that's from the pod. What was that? I forgot what it was. That was something. No, it, from was the pod. The, it was the carrot hot dog. A right? carrot hot dog because it be, because it is a commie idea, isn't it? Right. Okay. That's a, <laughs> uh, communist carrot ended up second to last in the gutter this season, and um, uh, the bottom fell out of his entire draft. If you go back and look at it, other outside of DeAndre Hopkins, he drafted Devonte Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Rex Burkhead. Russell Wilson, Chris Thompson, and Sammy Watkins. That was the yeah, meatiest just... draft. His season was over before it started. Uh, he never knew it, though, until it was too late. And he did have the acumen to draft Kenny Galladay. We'll give him some credit there. Um, so let's see. Uh, it looks So this week it was – so Byron's mom and Trash Man's Fonzanoons got bounced out of the first round, the wild card round in the playoffs. Like I said, it was a – a two-point heartbreaker for my mom, but Trash Man's Fonzanoons got curb stomped by Frigidy Frack uh, last week, and Punch and Pie barely eked it out. Uh, eked it out over over Byron's mom to go ahead and advance. So before we get to the uh, matchups for this week, Alex, and maybe our predictions, uh, the most moves on the season. One man's trash. I think he made like what was it, fifty something moves? I shoot, I. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. I thought I had written that down. 55 moves for one man's trash. Uh, this season ended up in eighth place on the bubble. And then the least moves on the season were 15 by the communist carrot who ended up in the basement and 15 by trash man's Fonzanoons who ended up actually in the playoffs. So interesting to see how, uh, you know, there's different outcomes there, even when you're working real hard on the waiver wire. So our remaining matchups for the semifinals, I believe this is the penultimate week of our fantasy football playoffs is uncle Rico's pigskins versus frigidy frack and punch and pie versus the Missouri backwash. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into these and let's see what we think. So the Missouri backwash, he's got Deshaun Watson this week, uh, at the New York jets. Michael Thomas in that matchup at Carolina you were talking about earlier. Tyler Lockett, who scored a million touchdowns at San Francisco. I'd be interested to go back in his game log and see what he did. He had a 13.2 pointer in this league. This is a PPR league against San Francisco last week. Tariq Cohen versus Green Bay. Josh Adams at the Rams. Boy, you just hated Doug Peterson running back situation. It sounds like Carson Wentz is maybe out for the rest of the season as well. What? Yeah, it's wild, huh? Eric, not as not as big a deal this year as it was last year. Nah, man, he just he's he just he's been injured. You know, I saw Arif Hassan tweeting that you know Carson Wentz didn't finish like I forget you know forget this he didn't finish like two or three of his seasons at college. Do you think now, that the, do you think that do you think that the third down efficiency from last season just Frank Reich took took it with him and just put it all on 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 Andrew Luck? Maybe so. I don't think we've seen the same Carson Wentz, obviously. This I kind of think he's been too hurt this whole year. Yeah, That's good. what I'm thinking is like uh, he, he never got fully healthy. And Dr. David Chow said even coming into the beginning of this season, he says that he said that he's more worried about Carson Wentz, by far more worried about Carson Wentz than he was about either Deshaun Watson or Andrew Luck. He said Carson Wentz isn't going to be right until halfway through the season. So, you know, even if he had, you know, even without any setbacks or anything, any little nicks or bruises or any of this natural shit that happens in an NFL season, Carson Wentz was, st- you know, Dr. David Chow said that, that for the exact nature of his injury, it just, it just made it so much, so much harder. I, 
hopefully this time he has a whole year just to, you know, because they say it's a back for this one. So this is a two wide receiver, two running back, two flex league. He has Eric Ebron in at the tight end. How's that matchup against this Cowboys defense that stiffened up so much, Alex? Eric Ebron, the number four fantasy tight end on the season. It's just been astounding. Yeah, it's been it's been unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's the one it's the one weak spot against Dallas. It's the number eleven matchup. And a lot of times that's a funnel, right? And this could be a big funnel then to, yeah. to a player like Eric Ebron, especially. We saw last week in a we saw last week in a in a tight end funnel that, that I mean Donald. he would he would just get targeted. Dallas Goddard was making hay last week, that's for sure. Yeah. So um Oh, you're talking about that same thing happened for Ebron. Well, I think yeah, we saw versus it the Texans. Same, it's a, it's same a thing tight last funnel, week with right. the Eagles going against the Cowboys, right? So there's some synergy in that thought. So pretty good outlook for Eric Ebron. He's lucky. It looks like Melvin Gordon could be back in the fray for him in his flex. I mean, that's that's I mean, that's the key cog, I think, in backwash's lineup is finding out whether he gets Gordon or back. And then a Jarvis Landry, who I mean, that was at Denver, who's that defense in the secondary, it's not the no fly zone anymore. That's for sure. It's very thin back there. Jarvis Landry, you got to remember, I mean, he made his hay on a rushing touchdown last week and the receiving touchdown was a, was a bomb. So the big volume wasn't there for Landry, but I think in PPR, like still a, a solid play. Um, I'm not sure that upside we saw last week was ent- entirely real. Uh, I guess in full transparency, if I was, you know, I like backwash's team. It's, it's good. It's gotten the attrition's taken over a little bit. I think he needs to consider, he might need to consider, I don't want to give too much away here, but he might have to consider, I, I maybe I don't know. I think he's got to consider getting Josh Adams out of the lineup and maybe looking at some of these receivers on his bench, like a Tyler Boyd or one of these type of players. Um, it's but Josh Adams isn't in a flex. Oh, he, you're saying move Melvin Gordon into the flex. If he goes, we don't know Melvin Gordon's going to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, if Melvin Gordon goes, I think you, me, I probably move him into RB two and think about getting Josh Tyler out. Boyd at home versus Oakland. I kind of, yeah. yeah, I like that in a PPR setup. I just, you know, so hard, to, hard to trust, we're, man. We're going to give you some advice too, man. So don't worry. So he's let's go to Punch and Pie. Missouri backwash against Punch and Pie. Who's got who's got our boy? Things have come full circle. Josh Allen for the win deep in the fantasy playoff. I mean, it really is the true symbol of the entire year at roster watch to be playing Josh Allen, like at the end of our fantasy playoffs for all the fucking marbles. I can't right? play him for all the marbles. I, I, I just like, I could, I could pick him up and play him, but I, I don't think I can do it over Lamar Jackson versus Tampa Bay. Would, yeah. would you? No, I, I mean, I, I'm still going to have, Allen ranked as like a some kind of you know pretty some kind of QB two and not. I a think very, at this point not, you can rank him as a low end QB one at home uh, versus Detroit. It's going to be close. I see yeah. Baker Mayfield on the bench at Denver. Like that would be. I don't know. I mean, am I more? I don't know. You know, I'm more comfortable putting Baker Mayfield in there flat out. Well, I he's think a better player, a, right? Better <laughs> player, better team. Just the less chance he's going to screw you. You know, I hate to tell him what to do. If that's me, I'm probably putting Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen there, even though the, the rushing's just been ridiculous. Alshon Jeffrey at the Rams. Stefan again, who's that? Robert Foster of the Buffalo. He's got the stack here, the Josh Allen, Robert Foster stack for the semifinals. Uh, Aaron Jones, who we've already talked about in a thinner matchup this week. Todd Gurley. Uh, so Aaron Jones is on the road at Chicago. Todd Gurley at home against the Eagles. This this one's going to be too close to call, man. Yeah, it is. I don't, I don't know who to Phil pick in Lindsay this. Lindsey versus Cleveland. 
I like that in the flex. Zach Ertz, a great tight end play. At the you know, Rams. I think the, I, in a Kenneth Dixon, I don't, you know, obviously in a, you know, I think maybe, you know, if Melvin Gordon plays. What do you think about Kenneth Dixon? Do you really think he's going to come in and just take over everything from Gus the bus? No, no. I think that he looked the best of all the running backs last week, and I think he's getting a little uptick, and I think he's got a, some semblance of viability currently. But, uh, you know, I guess this week he's got him in here against Tampa Bay at home. It's in a PPR league. I think it's a reasonable spot to pull that move. If you're totally desperate, let's see who's on the bench here for punch and pie. See, he, he took a blow with Eckler being out. That might not have matter with Gordon coming back anyway. He's got Kenny stills in the tough matchup at Minnesota stills, obviously coming off the monster and starting to find a little bit of life there. I don't know in a PPR, if you're, Thinking about maybe a stills over a Dixon, I think well, those are kind of a couple of stills. I might, over I might go. I just, I just might stick with Dixon in that matchup versus Tampa Bay. I mean, what? you kill those guys as pass. You kill those guys with pass catching running backs, and even if Gus is still in there a lot, when Kenneth Dixon is healthy, he's going to be their pass catching running back. What about Robert Foster versus D.D. Westbrook coming off of ten targets, or? Or Kenny Stills coming off the monster. I don't know, man. I mean, it's like ten. To, I mean, I guess it's just, it's just how. I mean, how Dean bad are the Jacksonville Jaguars are just understanding who they are and just what it, what they have as a as, as a football team at the quarterback position? It's just, I just, I have a lot of trouble, you know. Putting in anybody like just like when I'm depending on D.D. Westbrook, I'm also depending on on Cody Kessler. And this is also a game where I mean, versus Washington, is that going to be Josh Johnson again at quarterback? Yes, but dude, I like Leonard Fournette in this game. Well, you know the one. Yeah, I mean, I think we should. I'm sure I'll have a. I like Leonard Fournette in DFS. I wonder how expensive he is. You know the thing about the Jaguars that nobody talks about is that they have been decimated of their really good players on the offensive line this season. I guess my question here was Robert Foster versus. A DD Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, maybe a DD. I think that guy's got it. It's like you can you can have your exposure to Robert Foster through Josh Allen. Why are we going all in on the Buffalo Bills in the semifinals of our of our? fantasy football playoffs this one is going to be close to call who are you who, who, who are you picking between the missouri backwash and the punch and pie alex i think i'm going to go with the missouri backwash deshaun watson at the jets like the matchup like the like the overall construction of his roster just a little bit better i get josh adams out of there but if melvin gordon can go i just i think that he has the i think that some of his spots he's just drawing a little less thin michael thomas and tyler lockett at the wide receivers versus alshon jeffrey and robert foster with all the rest kind of looking like a, you know, outside of Gurley, everything else looking like a bit of a wash. And it'd almost be a wash if Melvin Gordon was, was healthy at, at KC. So um, I was, I was going to say, I thought maybe I think backwash has the slight edge. I was going to say maybe the wild card here was punch and pie having this giants defense. Who's been pretty good with another good matchup, but boy, I just pulled up the game log in this league for the saints defense. And they've been going off nine points, 15 points, 15 points, 13 points, nine points. So I'm with you, Alex. If you had to put a gun to my head, I think Missouri backwash has got a slight advantage to pull this one out. Let's get to the other matchup of the semifinals, and that's going to be Uncle Rico's pigskin, who's been the front runner the entire season trying to take this thing fucking coast to coast in a maniacal competitive 14-team PPR listener league. That would just be unheard of. He gets friggity frack this week, who came in off a nice 8-5 and season himself. Uncle Rico currently has Mitchell Trubisky in at quarterback at home against Green Bay. I'm with Alex. I'm, I'm warming up to that. I'm 
you know, I'm not sure I love the matchup with Trubisky, but I, I'm, I'm warmer to that matchup. And the weather in that game doesn't look like it's going to be all that cold this week. DJ Moore versus the Saints. Odell Beckham, who looks like he probably is trending towards playing potentially this week at home against the Titans. Doubling up, though, on that Giants defense, uh, uh, Giants offense was Saquon Barkley. I mean, never feel bad about having Barkley, but him and him and Beckham there in the in the same lineup. Alvin Kamara, Rob Gronkowski, Robert Woods, Cameron Braid, and the he's going to roll, lineup. dude. He's going to roll because that's, look, a, that's look, a hell of a lineup. The only thing we were worried about was Braid, right? Yeah, and he's got Damian Williams on he's, the he's bench. He's put a Damian Williams. He needs yeah. to play Damian Williams. And then we go over to Friggity Frack, who's got Jared Goff. At home, you know, against the Eagles, yeah, I sure would expect Goff to have a bounce-back performance here. Antonio Brown versus the Patriots. That'll be interesting, right? Because we always think Belichick takes your best uh, player away. You would assume that's what going to try to do here. But, boy, it's hard when Juju's doing the kind of work he's got on his other side. Amari Cooper at Indianapolis. Again, we're a little goosey on that matchup. But in a PPR, your two lead dogs at wide receiver, Antonio Brown and, Ant- and Amari Cooper – yeah, uh, I mean, you, you don't feel bad. bad. I mean, I think I like it better than than Uncle Rico's wide receiver core. I, I'm not as high on Amari Cooper as everybody else is going to be this week. Well, but. and, you know, Cooper seemed, you know, he, he's been so inconsistent. And then Brown had the stinker last week. So you wonder if those two guys might not just alternate big performances this week. I think the Frigidy Frack's going to need good games out of both of them. James White. Has he still just been doing just doing the do, man, even with Sonny Michelle getting 20 touches a game? Only four point. Been a little bit of a little bit of a over the course of the last four weeks, it's been a little bit of little bit of trouble. Even going back to before the, I mean, before the buy and PPR, you know, it was he hadn't gotten you less than fourteen points basically all year. Um, no, no, and and I'm I'm sorry. In week ten, he only got you seven points, but in the over the last uh, four games, so five weeks, including the bye. So week 10, 12, 13, 14, 7.6, 8.8, 18.8, and 4.8. So that's a lot different than from his early season game log of 15.6, 15.4, 14, 31, 24, 15, 29, 25, and 28. I mean, there's been, there's been a, there's been a downtick. I think Frigidy Frack is starting to grow a little bit of a beak here as he's got Marquise <laughs> Goodwin in his remaining flex. He's praying to God that Matt Breda is going to be ready to rock and roll. If he gets Breda back, that's a big... It's going to be Breda, Kittle, and Goodwin versus... The, no, versus no, he'll the pull good, yeah, he'll pull Goodwin out and Breda, he'll get Breda in instead. Yeah, yeah, so can't it'll have... be Kittle and, and Breda. Breda would be a nice boost for him here. Jordan Howard also in the flex. He's been totally hit or miss on the season he's been a little better lately right well he had 11 points not been that good especially in a ppr before that and then mark ingram who we talked about earlier a little bit of appeal but obviously like you don't feel real warm and fuzzy about him and, and you know more of a i would you say a friend like rb2 maybe or for for mark ingram or you want to some, play everybody against the panthers except for your running backs yeah and then george kittle but kyle shanahan apologize to George Kittle for not getting him the five more yards or whatever it was to break the all time single game receiving record uh, in NFL history for the tight end after that monster first half last week. But I'm with you, Alex, as I look at this and assess it, man, I think uncle Rico, even though he's succumbing a little bit to the attrition this season is, I think he's in a better spot here than Frigidy frack. And he's looking like he's in good shape to advance the finals and try to take this thing all the way home to lay his eggs from coast to coast as the champion 
of the Cockamamie Business Listener League.